How we doing, everybody? Welcome in. Tuesday edition. Parker is back. Glad to have you with us. Again, hope you had a great Christmas. The holidays continue. We've got uh, bowl games today, four of them. The big matchup right now in the Camellia Bowl uh, between Buffalo and Georgia Southern with Buffalo leading 7-3. And now when you get Memphis and Utah State in the first responders bowl in Dallas later today, ECU, East Carolina and Coastal Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl about 5.45. And then late tonight, 9.15 kickoff time out in Phoenix in the guaranteed Raid Bowl, Oklahoma State and Wisconsin. That'll be an interesting matchup. Both quarterbacks are in the portal, starting quarterbacks. So that uh, I, you know, I, I'll probably catch the highlights. To be honest with you, because knowing me, I'll be asleep by like nine thirty. That's how you know it's December twenty seventh, Steely. The bowl game that's the headliner of the day is a Camellia Bowl matchup that features Buffalo. There you go. There you go. How we doing? How was your Christmas? Oh man, it was good. It was good. I always enjoy being back home in Nebraska for Christmas. It was cold. In fact, it was frigid. Uh, I think it barely got above zero over the course of the, what, five days that I was back home. So uh, it's interesting. I go up there and everybody's like, well, you caught us right when it got really, really cold. It hadn't been like this all winter. It's like, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But uh, being home with family for Christmas, always enjoy it. But very glad to see your face again. Glad to be back in the studio. Glad to be done for good with the Peyton oh, Bowen yeah, saga. Absolutely. That man. soap opera is officially a wrap. We were talking about this before we uh, came on the air in the production room. And I said, you know what? With all the, this Peyton Bowen stuff that's been really, that's been the most annoying recruitment of any sooner prospect this year because you know all the questions is he going to flip why hasn't he flipped are you sure he's going to flip can he go to Oregon all of this stuff you have been more frustrated by the Peyton Bowen situation than any other one you know including David Hicks or whoever and I guess it was really kind of fitting that it ended that way you know in a very crazy wow what the heck's going on oh my gosh he is coming to Oklahoma it's almost fitting that that was the ending he ends up at OU when you think for you know about a a 12-hour period or so that oh my gosh this is horrible yeah well there was there was a window of a couple hours because you figured if he was actually gonna sign with Oregon if he was actually gonna be a duck he was gonna have it over with as quickly as possible just for the sake of being able to be done with everything and essentially duck and cover uh, as all the vitriol and all the social media slander flew his way. But after four or five hours passed and Oregon hadn't announced his signing and that letter of intent was still outstanding, still hadn't been faxed in, at that point you put two and two together and it's like, okay, well, Oklahoma's going to get this kid somehow. And lo and behold, 24 hours later, his LOI arrives in Norman, Oklahoma. And it was an outstanding statement that he crafted on social media. That was so well done. I I thought he handled that about as perfectly as you can. Yeah, and look, he acknowledged it. And I don't think it's 100% on him. I think the family shares some blame in this, too. That recruitment, that entire process, especially towards the end, was not handled perfectly. In fact, I would argue it was not even handled well. But you get to a certain point, and all you can do is do your best to make amends with everybody with everybody that you had relationships with that felt jilted or felt misled by the whole process. And so at the end of it all, 
No, there were going to be a lot of people that were upset with Peyton Bowen. Understandably, no, there were not. There were not going to be a whole lot of folks that were completely okay with how everything went down. But when you get to a point like that, when you get to a juncture like that, and you have to put pen to paper and you have to explain yourself, he did about as good a job as any 18-year-old kid could have done explaining himself under those circumstances. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much help he got with it. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it's all him. But it, it was well done. It was about as perfectly done as you could you know what made a mistake didn't handle it right sorry man i i shouldn't have uh picked up the notre dame hat like that he apologized to people personally apologized to both football programs and uh, i just thought it was very well done so uh how about your situation after he announced for oregon how much did you get on social media did you finally decide you know what i'm not even gonna look how did you handle it what were your nerves like, and how did Vindication feel? Well, Vindication felt fantastic, Steely, because I could have spent that entire afternoon pulling receipts. I elected not to just because at that point, like, it's over. I'm glad it's over. I don't want to perpetuate it. So 2.45 rolls around on whatever that was Thursday afternoon, and he announces for Oklahoma. I'm like, great, I can just put this all to bed. But between Wednesday at 11 a.m., when he announced for Oregon, and Thursday, circa 2.45, when he announced for Oklahoma, man, I took some heat on the Twitterverse. And i it's astonishing to me. It shouldn't be because it's the nature of humanity. People are evil. People are mean, steely. But some of the things that folks had the confidence to say behind the cover of an anonymous avatar mm-hmm. on social media. And I, it's not anything new, but they were out there in droves yeah, after Peyton yeah, Bowen committed absolutely. And you knew that was going to happen, like you said. That's the nature of uh, social media. But, you know, it started bothering me, and I thought about actually jumping in for a second, and I thought, no, 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 no. You'll just be in a long line of arguments. You don't want to do that. But I was really close because it was you, it was Brandon, it was Josh McQuestion, and, I, you know, Josh is a friend too. And, you know, all these clickbait artists, all they want to do is make stuff up. I'm like, you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Like, you guys just throw stuff out there, see if it'll stick. I mean, you're not like that. You're going to miss some. But I think it was, wasn't it Brandon who tweeted early, Vindication! Yes. <laughs> yes. And so what good. I tweeted immediately after Peyton committed to Oregon was, look, people, please walk a day in our shoes before you call us bad at our jobs. Because at that point, if I wasn't already fed up with it, Steely, I was completely at my wit's end with the Peyton Moen recruitment after he picked up the Oregon hat. I was ready to pull my hair out. But if you read his statement, what stands out about it? You go down to whatever that was, the fourth, fifth paragraph in the whole thing, and he, and he says exactly what we had been saying for months and months and months, which was, my heart always belonged to Oklahoma. OU was always where I felt I needed to be. Yeah, and, and I thought what was so weird about the whole saga of Peyton Bowen, and it, and it clearly was a saga, was the fact that he stayed uh, committed to Notre Dame so long. You know, just how, you know, because everybody kept saying, all right, it's going to be Oklahoma, it's going to be Oklahoma, he is going to pick Oklahoma, yet he stayed committed to Notre Dame. But anyway, the bottom line, he's at Oklahoma. The Sooners get eight uh, top 100 players, three five-stars, and this class, considering, 
you know, the, I don't know, is calamity the word for the season? Disappointing season by Cal- Oklahoma yeah, standards. Calamities are probably, probably a little strong. but <laughs> Disappointing season. Disappointing season for OU. And they still land a top five class, and they get three five stars. A and higher they- ranked class than Muleshoe ever landed. After six and six. But I thought you couldn't recruit, you know, a real championship <laughs> roster in Norman, right? Oh, that comment aged like milk on an Anatolian steppe. I like the uh, 310 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If only Muleshoe had handled his apology as well as Peyton Bowen. Yeah. But it's been a lot more excuses there. Okay. Uh, so anyway, speaking of cold, I don't know what it is, but I feel like a human popsicle right now. Why is that? Cold hands, cold feet. I was feeling fine. Do you want to switch spots, Steely? Because, believe me, it is more than toasty warm on the other side of this window. You are uh, broadcasting from the Crock-Pot Studios, the Brown O'Haver Crock-Pot Studios over there. It is toasty in there, yes. So hopefully this will go away. I think it's just the weather. You know, I warmed up my vehicle this morning to get over here, and it, it was like, you know, it was like a sauna driving over, but I've still been cold all morning. I don't know what the deal is. All right, uh, you know, what was crazy is for uh, signing day is let's say they didn't get Peyton Bowen. And obviously, you know, they later in the day they didn't get to Celia Connor, who goes to Texas. They still have a really good class. It's still a top ten class. It's still something to celebrate. But I feel like everybody had a bitter taste in their mouth because of the Peyton Bowen deal and the Cecilia Connor deal. But you get – a good feeling back if you're a Sooner fan the next day when Peyton Bowen uh, makes it official that he's coming to Oklahoma. So, uh, big time. Big time class for OU. And now you'll wait to see uh, if they have any other additions in the transfer portal. Speaking of the portal, and we'll get to some of this audio, by the way, in the next segment. Like, uh, they lost Trey Harris, who goes the wide receiver from La Tech, going to play for Lane Kiffin at Old Miss. Trace Ford, is it down to Oklahoma, USC? Everybody's kind of waiting that out. That's what it feels like. So, what it feels like. Any idea? We may not get an answer on that one until after bowl season. And by bowl season, I mean, like, I don't mean you have to wait all the way until the college football playoff national championship, but obviously OU's got a bowl in the coming days. USC's got a bowl in the coming days. I would figure that we know definitively on Trace Ford within the next week. But it may be long. There's no real timetable on these things, especially. Well, hang on, hang on. I got to think about this because they do start school earlier out on the West Coast. Do they start it earlier? Or do they start it later? No, they started earlier because Dylan Gabriel's first day of class at UCLA would have been January 3rd last year. Hmm. So interesting. If man. it's USC for Trace Ford, he's going to have to decide pretty quickly. If it's Oklahoma. But is USC on the same calendar like UCLA? USC's private, right? Yes. So maybe there's a different calendar? I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. So I, I would figure we know something within the next week, and it does seem like it's going to be either OU or USC. And there was a time a few days ago where it looked like a foregone conclusion that he was going to be a USC Trojan, and OU has managed to forge back into this in the battle for Trace Ford. I don't know which way that one swings. Uh I feel as though many across the industry, including myself, regard it as an even 50-50 coin flip right now. It's going to come down to which staff has the capacity to close more effectively. And I think were we talking about a wide receiver, you'd be hard-pressed not to favor USC. But we're talking about a defensive lineman here. And as long and I hate to go back to this because it feels like every single portal recruitment has this element 
at play these days. But as long as there is sufficient money on the table for Trace Ford at Oklahoma, I think the Sooners have a pretty compelling pitch here. There you go. All right, from the 310, USC is semester, UCLA is on the quarter system. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, t- totally different. So we'll check into that. Anyway, 405-651-3439 on the text line, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Also want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Man, your furnace been working overtime because, man, it, it was cold <laughs> last week. I'm still thawing out, but if you need help in that department, getting that uh, furnace up to speed, your heating system, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Parker's back, so Steelman and Thune is intact. Take a quick break, come back, talk about Oklahoma's bowl game. Have some audio for you next. We are back. It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, 405-651-3439 and the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Appreciate you guys and you ladies being here today. Thank you very much. We'll go to the text line here in a minute. Got a little audio I want to play for you. Uh, Sooner fans, I think, like this news that uh, came out uh last night i think is really when uh, a lot of people discovered what was going on but guess who's back guess who is back for a sixth year and will use his covid year well bob stoops was asked about drake's status on his youtube channel last night here's how it went down questions out there uh heading towards the offseason though is will drake stoops be back uh, you kind of know drake stoops any in any inside information you can give us on if your son will return yeah he's uh he's uh, uh told the coaches that he's going to return for his next year and and take his covid year and uh work on some particular things that he feels he can be better at and and so uh, we'll, you know, at this point, that's that's where it's at. He's set to play another year. There you go. How about that? Drake Stoops is coming back six years. That's awesome. I love it because this kid, again, I think when he initially came to OU, preferred walk-on, ends up getting a scholarship, you know, people were like, that's kind of cool to have Drake Stoops. Let's see if he can, you know, contribute. And the dude has made a ton of big plays for OU. He's been He's exceeded any expectation that I had for him, and he's a tough kid, and he's been a really good player at Oklahoma. And I think if, well, not if anymore, when he comes back, I think offhand he's going to be the first player to record statistics in six different seasons for Oklahoma, to actually appear in games in six different seasons, because a number of guys have played six years now, because of the COVID exemption. Jason I, he, White, did, was Jason five? Or, I'm trying to remember. Jason was there for six years, but I don't yeah. think he played at all in 1999. No, I think you're right. Caleb Kelly? Caleb Kelly. Oh, you're right. Caleb Kelly didn't reach, but he didn't play at all in 2020, preseason okay. injury. That so year. this would be it, huh? So, this... yeah, Justin Royals redshirted, Casey Kelleher redshirted, Brian Mead redshirted. I'm pretty sure Drake Stoops would be the first guy to appear in six different seasons of football at Oklahoma. That's awesome. And I, I think that Drake is always going to be kind of a fan favorite, too, because of what he accomplished. And he's still got another year to tag on to what he's already done. And uh, I expect him to be, again, uh, making some big plays for Oklahoma again next year. So that's good news for Sooner fans. They love hearing that. Now, this bowl matchup, Parker, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be difficult. 
Oklahoma's a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. You don't have your starting two left tackles. You don't have your best running back. You don't have Jalen Redman. I'm not saying that the Sooners won't go there and compete, but I think Florida State's mindset is we're trying to get back to where we used to be. They've won nine games. When you heard what Mike Norvell said uh, the other day, uh, at the uh, at the press conference, he was talking about, man, we've got to finish this season out strong. I mean, our expectation is to go play our best game this year. That, that's been the the expectation with each each week that we've had. Oh, there's 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 an exciting time for Florida State football. There's an exciting time for for what we're building and and the young men that I get to coach and and the work that they put in. So, uh, you know, the future is the future is bright, but we got to take care of the moment and ultimately the things that we can control. And that's, that's this week. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute treat to be able to, to be here and, uh, you know, to get a chance to play in, in this game. And, um, you know, we just want to, we want to go show and be better than what we've been. You know, we, we talked uh, the opportunity to go try to win your 10th game is, is big. It'd be the 25th time in our program's history. All right. That's a, that would, that's, that's a great challenge, but also, uh, you know, a great a great opportunity for these guys to, to go finish this season. Goodness gracious, that is Market Pantry brand Jimbo Fisher right there. Yeah. <laughs> that is Market Pantry brand Jimbo Fisher. 2AT. I also <laughs> he said, challenge. There's like a, a little, little, yeah, there's little, a little Chicago in yeah, there. Yeah, there is a little bit I of had, that. I had a friend from Chicago in undergrad. She's now working as a sports reporter in the state of Iowa, and she was from Chicago. We'd always make fun of her for the way that she said certain words, like challenge or like phenomenal. Phenomenal, huh? Yeah. Is Mike Norvell from Chicago? I don't know. I'd have to go ahead and Google him up. We'll uh, see if we can get that done. But uh, when you think about where FSU is, and look, I understand the ACC is not some powerhouse conference right now. But, again, they've got a lot of momentum right now. They feel really good about where their program's going. They stuck with Mike Norvell. Uh, no doubt, because it looked like for a while, man, he's not going to make it. Uh, and FSU is going to continue to fall. But, uh, you know, 9-3, and three, Jordan Travis is the kind of quarterback that can give uh, an opposing defense nightmares. We know, look, any, any defense has problem with a guy, problems with a guy who can run and throw. You know, a multidimensional quarterback. Jordan Travis really couldn't throw the ball the year before, but he's much more proficient this year. 22 TDs, four picks. He can take off and run, seven rushing touchdowns. And then you've got a you know really efficient running game. Uh, they've been good on the offensive line. They've got this monster, gargantuan wide receiver in Johnny Wilson, who's 6'7 and 240. That's a big boy. I mean, that is that is huge, man. That's a tight end masquerading as a wide receiver right there. Yeah. That's so going to be a challenge. The, uh, you know, can the Sooners go win this game? Yes. But, man, it just it looks like, a, you know, a big challenge for them. Breaking news. Not breaking news. Just some, it's an important bulletin okay. that's come across the wire here with regard to Oklahoma's matchup against Florida State. This is per Carter Carroll's on Twitter. He is a Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I'm going to read this tweet to you verbatim. Okay. Really valuable information. A Cheez-It Bowl representative told me last night that there is no such thing as Cheez-Its. One Cheez-It is a Cheez-It. Two or more of the Cheez-Its are called Cheez-It Crackers, not Cheez-Its. You're mm. welcome. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is per Carter Carroll's of the Tallahassee Democrat. There you go. I'm still going with their Cheez-Its. I'm not going to go, hey, will you hand me the Cheez-It Crackers, please? 
That sounds like a stuffed suit. Sounds like it came from somebody at the Tallahassee Democrat. I mean, come on. Come on. All right, so we talked about Drake Stoops coming back. Where are you right now for uh, Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims? I, I don't have any doubt that Dylan Gabriel is coming back. I mean, would they be pursuing tried, a portal look, quarterback if Dylan Gabriel wasn't coming back? If they thought that there was a chance that Dylan Gabriel wasn't coming back, wouldn't they be more aggressive? And it's not any in any way a slap in the face to Jackson Arnold. I mean, he's going to need some time. Look, Jackson Arnold may come in and light it up during the spring. He, he has that kind of ability. He, I think he's going to have a great career at OU. But doesn't it say something if they're not really pursuing – uh, a portal quarterback that they feel like Dylan Gabriel is going to be back. Yes, and there's not a doubt in my mind that Dylan Gabriel is coming back. It doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else, whether via the portal or whether that be the NFL. So I do not have any doubt about Dylan Gabriel returning to Oklahoma in 2023. There is some increased skepticism in recent days surrounding Marvin Mims, and I— I don't really buy that. I think Marvin Mims is back in an OU uniform come 2023 because I know for a fact his draft grade was not what it could be if he were to come back and put together another productive season. I know he left a lot on the table this season. Anybody that watched Oklahoma and anybody that watched Marvin Mims knows he could have had a heck of a lot better year than the year that he had if he makes a couple catches here and there, if a couple passes here and there are on target. And so – with as much meat as was left on the bone for Marvin Mims in 2022, I think it makes a ton of sense for him to come back for one more year and try to improve his draft stock. I also think he's a smart enough guy that he realizes that, and he's going to square with that. And he's not going to try to jump to the NFL a year early for the sake of getting his bag if it means he gets drafted in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. I was up to 60. I was at 65% yesterday, 98% on Dylan Gabriel coming back. I'm down to about 60% on uh, Marvin Mims right now. But if you ask me if I think he's coming back, I still do. By the way, the clips we played in this segment are Ortho Central clips of the day. Ortho Central has clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand new Tri City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full service clinics, what do they do? They treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. They are the best in the business at ortho central all right i know you guys are firing up that text line we'll get to as many as we can when we get back steel man and thune tuesday edition here on the home of sooner fans the ref radio network let's try and uh, get to as many texts as we can when we get back keep it here Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. I want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. You need to get that uh, furnace and heating system tuned up, ready to last throughout uh, all of winter. Well, Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, uh, they, you need to give them a call, 405-579-3113. All right, let's head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 405-651-3439. Let's do it. Let's see what the folks are saying. Back in the day, individual bowls issued their own invitations to teams they wanted to come play. Is it still this way today, or does the bowl selection committee assign teams to individual bowls? 
You know, you're supposed to have somebody, you know, uh, from a, one conference, you know, their third team versus a, a, you know, but a lot of times it's still up to the bowl games, you know, uh-huh. where it, and that's why Oklahoma got into the Cheez-It Bowl, right? Uh the Oklahoma name and the Oklahoma brand still means a lot, obviously, even at six and six. So uh, there are some situations where you can't get past that, obviously playoff matchups, any of those uh, matchups, um, you know, obviously in the Rose bowl, if it's, it's not part of the, uh, the uh, championship rotation, they still want to try and get big 10 and uh, pack 12, obviously. But uh, for the most part, a lot of these bowl matchups, you can still, you know, pick who you want. And, again, that's why the Sooners are in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, Here's a name for you, Steely, uh, because one listener asked, is OU interested in the defensive lineman from Wake Forest? Yes. Are you ready for this name? Yes. Rondell Bothroyd. Rondell Bothroyd. From Willington, Connecticut. Hmm. All right. There'll be interest there. There'll be some contact there. Now, OU has cast a pretty broad net when it comes to defensive linemen in the portal, as you need to these days, because, look, nothing's a guarantee anymore. Trey Harris was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered to Oklahoma, and here comes Lane Kiffin swooping in. Yeah. Similarly, Braden Fisk, South Bend native, one of the most coveted players in the transfer portal, at the interior defensive line position when he decides to move on from Western Michigan, everybody figured he was going to end up at Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Florida State's the destination for him. How about that? And I did see Sam Hardman, the Wake Forest quarterbacks in the portal. He's expected to go to Notre Dame. And we had Hudson Card finally making his announcement yesterday for Purdue. Yes. By the way, tweet of the day goes to Grimlock OU, who tweeted – after it was announced that Sam Hartman entered the portal and was in all likelihood going to Notre Dame, he tweeted, Can't believe Notre Dame talked to a player committed to slash on another team. Sam Hartman should have gotten a restraining order. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. By the way, uh, Florida State, looking through their stats, they've got a cool-sounding cornerback on their roster. Do they? What's the name? Greedy Vance. Greedy Vance. Greedy Vance, and he leads them in interception. Was it LSU? Greedy Williams was LSU. I think that's right. He played at LSU a couple years back. I think he was part of that 2019 national championship team, if my memory serves me correctly. But uh, if you don't get the restraining order joke, uh, how do I explain this to people? Now, you know, it's it's an inside joke. It's going to have to stay an inside joke. It would require too much explanation. Mm. Uh Let's see what else we have on the text line. Parker, are any of these 23 signees participating in the bowl practices and game? Yes, four of them are participating in the bowl practices. I would not expect that any of them participate in the game itself. You have Derek LeBlanc, you have Ashton Sanders, you have Caleb Hicks, and you have Chapman McCown. So two defensive linemen and two running backs joining the squad for the bowl. I wouldn't figure any of those guys see the field. Just because even on the interior defensive line where it seems Oklahoma is super thin right now, you've still got Jeffrey Johnson, Corey Roberson, Josh Ellison, Grayson Halton, all those guys, uh, Isaiah Coe as well. 
higher on the pecking order than Derek LeBlanc, who would probably be first in line among the four to see snaps. It is all, it's really a situation where it's advantageous for Oklahoma to get those guys in workouts, right? Uh, before spring begins, they even get a jump start on spring practices. And um, who knows? If you had to pick one of those guys who would who might get a snap, would you go with Derek LeBlanc? Yeah, I would say Derek LeBlanc is probably most likely. Interesting. Let's see what else we have on the text line. From the 918, yeah, Parker, make fun of a program that you deemed a dumpster fire earlier this year. Hope we can compete against this dumpster fire Thursday. I don't recall making fun of Florida State. And look, they were a dumpster fire earlier this year. They're certainly not a dumpster fire anymore, and it's been a very impressive job that Mike Norvell has done to turn things around in Tallahassee. Look, I, I've i said it before on these airwaves. I'll say it again. This is going to be a fun matchup for me because one whole side of my family is FSU alumni slash fans. What? And so, Really? Yeah. I yeah, didn't know I, that. I thought they were all, like, from South Dakota or Nebraska. That's my dad's side. All right. Mom's side is all FSU folks. Really? So, yeah. I enjoy watching FSU have success. Now, I didn't enjoy it as much back in the day when Jameis Winston was their quarterback because, well, Jameis Winston was – I shouldn't use any of the words that came to mind just now. That m- I might be playing with fire. The FCC limo might roll up. But – um. No, I I like watching Florida State have success on the football field, but I wasn't the only one circa July and or August that was talking about Mike Norvell maybe not lasting the season as head coach at Florida State. So do you have uh, any – did you have any Garnett and Gold uh, FSU attire growing up? I have one Florida State T-shirt that I purchased for $7 at a Ross in Orlando. <laughs> A seven dollar Ross FSU T shirt. That is that's all that is the extent of my Florida State wardrobe. But yes, it's somewhere. I have it somewhere at home. I don't know where. Um Parker, how many miles are on the white buffalo now? I've put about fifteen thousand on it since mid September when I bought it. Zane says my understanding is incoming freshmen can participate in practice and everything else but the game. And hmm. they can, be- they can play in the game now because The NCAA passed a provision a couple weeks ago that basically says, hey, bowl games don't affect your eligibility count. So essentially, you could play in four games, and then you could play in the bowl game, that being your fifth game, and you could still take the redshirt. So Kobe McKenzie is the one guy for Oklahoma that's going to benefit from that provision because he's already played in four games. But now... But is he talking talking about LeBlanc and Hicks? Yeah, no, he is. Okay. But what I'm saying is... Theoretically, those four could play in this game because it wouldn't affect their eligibility. Okay, all. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> would you mind addressing how many freshmen will be a red shirt, meaning how many didn't play in more than four games? Did Gibson, etc. Oh gosh, I don't have the list in front of me, but Jaron Canick's certainly not red shirting. He played in more than four. Jaden Gibson has appeared in seven games, I believe, so he can't red shirt. Uh, Nick Anderson can. Caden Helms can. Uh, Big Sexy, Jacob Saxon, I believe he can. I think Jake Taylor can as well. Um, Robert Spears Jennings, I don't know. Gosh, I'll, would, I'll do some research on this in the break. And I, yeah, Robert Spears break. Jennings is an interesting one because I would think he'd be right there on the line. Uh, Brian in Tulsa says, any interest in Eric Gilbert? I know we got Stogner back, but could we be interested in him as a one-two punch at tight end? 
I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Eric Gilbert is not a cultural fit at the University of Oklahoma. One year at LSU, one year at Georgia, and now he's in the transfer portal for a second time looking for a third landing spot at the collegiate level. He was highly recruited, right? He was. Really, five-star. I, yeah, I, I remember that name. And Was uh, was Oklahoma in on him at one point? I'm yes, they were. I last that last they were. year in the portal cycle. That's Gilbert right. That's, that that's they, where it was. Yeah, they looked that's heavily right. at him. Uh, Gunny of Studsman Army asks, Parker, how elated are you that recruiting is over? You have no idea, Gunny. And with that being said, he further asks, who's your top three must-gets for the 24 class? David Stone. David Stone is certainly at the top of the list. Oh, you made the top ten. He, well, y- yes. And yes, they did make the top ten. Then, uh, yeah, because he had that announcement that you know that he postponed. Was that on December 20, what, 23rd? 23rd, yeah. Look, you got to keep David Stone at home. That is a baseline expectation for this class. Guy that's always wanted to be a Sooner. Grew up 15 miles away from campus. Five-star defensive lineman. Has the opportunity to be the cornerstone of your class. Yet you got to keep this guy home in the state of Oklahoma. So, in terms of must-gets, David Stone is at the top of that list. Second must-get, I would say, is probably Bryant Wesco. Fast-rising wide receiver out of Midlothian, Texas, whose sister, Bailey, plays soccer at Oklahoma. Man. So, there are familial oh, you connections soccer. there. Man, OU, OU soccer, soccer, man. Mark Carr, he ought to be getting a uh, a royalty check from the football program at this point. Does David Stone have a, a sister that can kick a soccer ball? He does have a sister. She does not play soccer. Well, She's let's get her started. Uh, By the way, the tweet from OU women's soccer on Thursday <laughs> when Peyton Moen signed with Oklahoma, immaculate. Yeah, it was pretty good. Immaculate. I know who's who was responsible for that tweet, and I texted him immediately and said, well done, my friend. Well done. Brazilian Sooner, Brazil. Uh, how about transferring players like Stogner? Can they play too? I don't believe so. That's an interesting question. I, 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 I wouldn't figure the NCAA will open yeah. the door for that to happen because then you get a you that, get a school that's playing in the college football playoff. Yeah, right? that makes the portal even more of a mess. Well, some TCU donor could just say, "All right, we're going to go win a national championship, drop ten million bucks, and clean house in the transfer portal for the sole purpose." That's of what Mulesy would roster. do. Yeah, absolutely. That's what he'd do. Yeah, um, taking a picture with Baker Mayfield. How dare you! Wow, apparently Jacob Sexton has played in eight games and Jake Taylor has played wow. in seven. I How would not have that? guessed that, but okay, I guess neither of those guys are taking a red shirt. Uh, yes, Gunny of Stutzman Army, OU soccer is undefeated. All right, we should probably take a break right here, stay on the clock, and when we get back, we'll get some more texts in. 405-651-3439. Man, how about the uh, travel situations for a lot of our friends going to cover the, the bowl game? I mean – you talk about planes, trains, and automobiles part two. It's brutal. Southwest Airlines is taking an absolute beating on social media. Yes, As they, they should be. Yeah, it's, man, it, you talk about just horrible, man. That Staying overnight in an airport, driving 12 hours to get there. Flights canceled everywhere. What a mess. All right, stay with us. We're coming right back here on The Ref.
All right, we are back, Steelman and Thune, here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Big things going on at Riverwind Casino for the holidays. We have $165,000 in cash, bonus play, and prizes up for grabs on New Year's Eve between 5 and 10 out at Riverwind. Get on out there. Play uh, on any of their 2,800 electronic gaming machines. They've got tons of them, the best games, best bars and dining, the best hotel, and the best service. All your favorite table games there as well, including a tremendous poker room, new member seven promotion. Uh, Sign up for a wild card if you haven't already, and you can earn up to $450 in one day. They've also got a great promotion happening right now. If you're a big football fan, you'd love to go to the Super Bowl, you can get there, participate in their newest promotion, the Showdown in the Desert. They are giving away five trips to the 2023 Super Bowl with hotel, accommodations again, transportation, hotel and accommodations, the same thing, but transportation, spending money, $1,000 cash. They got you covered. It's a great, great promotion. Five lucky patrons who uh, pile up the most points on electronic gaming machines, specific electronic gaming machines are going to win, again, one of five trips to the 2023 Super Bowl, courtesy of our friends at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. All right, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. All right. Uh, per the question earlier surrounding Trace Ford, one listener did some research for us and said, last day to enroll at USC for the spring semester is January 27th. Last day to enroll at UCLA for the winter quarter is January 20th. He can't wait for UCLA's spring quarter. Dates don't work to play the spring football game. Uh, so that means, theoretically, this whole thing with Trace Ford could drag out for quite a while if it were down to Oklahoma and USC. That says, or That said, I don't think that'll happen. I think we'll know pretty soon here. Uh, Gunny simply says, hope both of you gents had a great Christmas. Thanks, Gunny. Thank I you, hope, Gunny. Thank you very much. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas as well. A couple things that I want to tie a bow on from last segment. Uh, one being, I think the three must-get guys for Oklahoma in the 2024 class are David Stone, Bryant Wesco, Michael Hawkins. All now, three positions that are going to be crucial for Oklahoma to recruit well. Quarterback, wide receiver, defensive line, and three guys with OU ties. Uh, I don't put. I'm not putting Peyton Pierce on that list because I think it's a given that Peyton Pierce is going to be a Sooner. Is I'm very Hawkins confident. announcing at the end of January? Is that right? That is correct. And, and it's a date of January 31st. It's not. He's, he's already given out his top schools. Correct. Yeah, it'll be OU or Arkansas, and I like OU right there, for the moment at least. Um, also. Per the question last segment surrounding who cannot redshirt from this freshman class, here's your answer. R. Mason Thomas cannot redshirt. He's played in nine games. Jaron Kanick cannot redshirt. He has played in 12 games. Robert Spears Jennings has played in eight. Grayson Halton in 11. Gentry Williams in 12. So those are your defensive guys that cannot redshirt. On offense, Javante Barnes played in 10 games. Jaden Gibson in nine. Jacob Sexton in eight. Gavin Freeman played all 12, the only offensive freshman to do so. Jake Taylor has played in seven. Jason Llewellyn has played in 10. So none of those guys will be able to take a redshirt. The guys that can redshirt are basically everybody in the freshman class uh, that hasn't met that threshold, i.e. guys like Caden Helms, Nick Anderson, Jamarian Burt, etc. That is where things stand. Somebody is asking again, how is it that Derek LeBlanc could play in the bowl game? Did I hear that right? You did. You did hear that right. And 
again, Brian, that has to do with the proviso that the NCAA passed a couple of weeks ago, essentially discounting bowl games from eligibility thresholds, or rather from counting towards eligibility thresholds. So uh, these guys can play in the bowl game, theoretically, and it will not affect their eligibility. It's a free game uh, if they were to appear in the game on December 29th. Um, what else? What else? What else? Do you know anything about Brandon Harper, the preferred walk-on out of Noble? Yeah, that's a good get for Oklahoma. Brandon Harper. Uh, that guy was, I believe, fourth in the nation in receiving yards. Really? In 2022 as a senior. A guy that's, he's not very big. He's about five foot eight, five foot nine. So, not a hefty wide receiver, but productive as all get out and has been at Noble for quite some time. He had some lower level Division One offers, some FCS interest. A couple FBS schools were starting to look his way. But the minute OU extended a PWO offer, he jumped on it, so he'll be a Sooner next year. That's a guy that a lot of folks were pounding the drum for, and understandably so, because they were seeing what he was doing down there. Uh, for Noble week in and week out throughout the fall. That's a really good get for Oklahoma. I'm not going to say he's the next Gavin Freeman because that's going to be all too easy of a comparison to make in the years to come, and really, realistically there's only one Gavin Freeman. But Brandon Harper's a guy that could see the field at Oklahoma at some point. That's not your, not your average preferred walk-on by any means. Hey, Parker, in BB's press conference, he said they plan on taking about nine to ten more guys within the next several weeks. I'm assuming he's including portal guys, but my question is, do you, do, do you expect slash who do you expect OU to land as far as high school guys by February signing day? I would say no more than one or two. I think the vast majority of those guys, if not all of those guys, are going to come via the transfer portal. Because OU's real skinny on official visits right now as it is. There you go. All right, uh, I want to thank Tim Lasher, his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need work done on your furnace, uh, your heating system right now because there's still a lot of winter coming. And, uh, man, you saw what last week was like. Not good. Give them a call, 405-579-3113, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We have another hour to go. We're going to talk about uh, Sooners where you want to see get uh, more playing time in the bowl game coming up. Uh, in the next hour, plus back to the text line. Keep it right here. Welcome into our second hour presented by the one and only Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72. Great deals available for you on cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles. They're all right there. They're all right there in Paul's Valley, America. And a great guarantee. After the sale, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Mike Steely, Parker Thune bringing you in to hour number two. We'll get locked in uh, in uh, right around an hour with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. All right, for those of you who weren't here for hour number one, uh, let's take you through the uh, the saga that was the Peyton Bowen oh boy. situation on Wednesday all the way through Thursday. And right around 3 o'clock, I think, just a little bit before 3 o'clock, it became official that Peyton Bowen was going to be in Oklahoma sooner. A very interesting 
uh, what was about a 27, 28 hour period for you? Mm-hmm. Take take us through mm-hmm. what it was like. How I'm just it went glad down. this is a retrospective at this point. This could be a 30 for 30 for you. It probably will be at some point. Nah, it won't be that important to be. Maybe he'll end up being an NFL Hall of Famer, and then there will be a 30 for 30 on his recruitment. But Could be. Uh, there will certainly be. There'll have to be some sort of long form piece on. Peyton Bowen's recruitment. People have already told me you ought to write a book on this one. I don't know if I could write a whole book, but it'll certainly be a chapter in my autobiography one day. There was one called The Courting of Marcus Dupree back in the day. I'm trying to remember, was it Willie Morris who wrote that? That that name's coming to mind. But anyway, I swear it was like this. It was like 500 pages or something. Sheesh. It was huge, man. But that was very interesting. But... I don't know if I've seen anything like like the Peyton Bowen deal. I mean, I, I truly, you know, uh, there have been some signing day surprises. Robert Meacham comes to mind. Uh, commitment uh, announcement surprises. David Stone, obviously. But I don't know if there was anything that, uh, you know, put the Sooner fans' emotions through the emotional ringer like the Peyton Bowen deal. So, uh, and vindication felt good. Oh, it felt amazing, Steely. Were you? It felt at, amazing. Were you I, at one point? Were you like, "Oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me"? Or did you think, "Wait, something's going on here. This isn't done"? Or did you think for a few moments that, "Holy cow!" No, my honestly, my first thought was, and I didn't tweet this just because everybody would have been like, "You're puffing the hopium," but my first thought was, "Okay, yeah, let's see if he signs now." And so, you know, four or five hours pass, and he still hasn't signed. It's like, okay, we, we can all tell where this is going. And then finally, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to enter a crystal ball in Peyton's, Peyton's recruitment for the longest time. And then Thursday morning rolled around, and I was just like, screw it. I don't care anymore. This is going to be my last act before Peyton Bowen's NLI gets faxed into Oklahoma. So I dropped a crystal ball with a 9 out of 10 confidence. And that was my farewell to the most bizarre recruitment I've ever covered. So hearing the stories that when Brent got that news, I think it was uh, – I'm so old, I I lose my memory. I think it was on um, the Oklahoma Breakdown. I know Teddy and Gabe were talking about that Brent was basically, you know, this this isn't over, you know, when he got the news. So I guess – do you know how that went down? Did they get super aggressive right off the bat? I mean, if you're in that situation – and you think you're getting Peyton Bowen, and then all of a sudden this Oregon deal. Did you hear the crazy story that I still think is complete BS, that the girlfriend didn't get there in time with the OU hat, and that's what – Oh, that's a story that's, now? That's a story too, which I thought, no, no way. No chance, right? Uh, we're going to – we're just going to have to do a tell-all with Peyton at some point down the line. The question is, will he actually tell all? Would he? I think it would be probably after his OU days are done. Oh yeah, yeah, it would have to it, be years not down now. the road. Yeah. So what did you did you hear anything you were branded about how it went down afterwards? Was OU like immediately get on the phone now, or any yeah, ideas? So the conversations with OU resumed pretty immediately thereafter. Mm-hmm. I do know that unsurprisingly, Marcus Freeman did not want to reengage with Peyton Bowen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame safeties coach Chris O'Leary did, mm-hmm. but Marcus Freeman put the kibosh on that. So with Notre Dame out of the picture and with the knowledge that 
Peyton just wasn't going to sign with Oregon. It became pretty apparent not too long thereafter where this all was headed. Was and, this if Marcus Freeman had said, yeah, go ahead, yeah, keep calling the kid, do you think Notre Dame had any shot or no, is this still going to no, be OU? No, 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 no. Okay. No. But I here's the thing. It was more about Marcus Freeman squaring with reality mm-hmm. than anything else. Just right. Because he, he wasn't going to sign with Notre Dame, Steely. And we talked about this for months and months and months and months. The kid did not want to go to Notre Dame. His mom wanted him to go to Notre Dame. And that was the reason why he stayed committed to Notre Dame as long as he did. In the end, Peyton got what Peyton wanted, which was to be at Oklahoma with Jackson Arnold and his girlfriend. And I would expect that little bro Eli is going to be committing to Oklahoma in the not-too-distant future. Now, why did mom want him at Notre Dame so bad? Was it the education or ties to the, the program somehow? Do you know why the mom wanted him there so badly? Academics. I mean, let's face it. I love my OU degree. It's a great degree. I, I'm kind of surprised I got one, as dumb as I am. But uh, a Notre Dame education is a you know. Again, I, I don't want to slide anybody. An OU degree is a very good degree, but it's not a Notre Dame degree. So I get that, you know. Yeah, Austin from Savannah on the text line asks, "What's the story on the players in the portal and also on the depth chart for the bowl?" This seems like nothing you usually see around bowl season, or am I mistaken? Well, uh, you're not totally mistaken, Austin, but I think here's where the misunderstanding lies. The player you're referring to is Josh Ellison. Mm -hmm. Well, Bray Walker, too, as a matter of fact. Both those guys are practicing with the team uh, and plan to play in the bowl game. They aren't officially in the transfer portal. They have merely announced that they're going to be in the transfer portal and that they're going to seek a transfer for their final year of eligibility. So they're just going to get the free bowl swag? They want a box of Cheez-Its or... A, a box of Cheez-It crackers. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. A box of Cheez-It crackers. Um, Look, I'll be frank. I don't know where Bray Walker can go. I really don't. Former five-star. He tried to hit the portal last offseason. There were no takers. I get him from Josh Ellison's standpoint because with as thin as Oklahoma is on the interior defensive line, especially with Jalen Redmond opting out, he's going to have the opportunity to play. So maybe he can put a few extra reps on tape that maybe he otherwise wouldn't have had and make himself more appealing to potential suitors in the portal. So from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense for Josh Ellison to come back for the bowl game. I just With Bray Walker, I just I, again, I don't know where that guy can go. As yeah. sad as it is, I – I just don't know where he could realistically land. Um, (laughs) Parker, are you going to drop your balls for a Jai Hall to OU? Seems like a culture (laughs) fit. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, How long did he even play at Texas at all? I don't believe he ever played a snap. Did he even go through? He went through spring, right? Yeah, he went through spring. He was on the roster in the fall. uh, Had that brief suspension from the team. I don't think he ever played a snap for Texas, but that's a uh, it's a sayonara to Austin from a Jai Hall. He's already done there, which is about as predictable as <laughs> Bray Walker to UCO. Uh, what happened with Bray Walker? Why did he not pan out? Somebody wants to know. He's just uh, from everything I've heard, he's too slow. Mm. That's what it boils down to. He's too slow, and quite honestly, he's not mean enough. He's always been incredibly strong he's one of the strongest players on the team 
Uh, he's obviously one of the most physically imposing, six foot seven, three hundred and fifty pounds, but uh, he's not that agile, and he's also just not that mean. Uh, from the nine one eight Parker, one day write a book about that recruitment. Use the same book cover, scratch out Marcus Dupree, and call it The Courting of Peyton Bowen. There you go. Yeah, that's the book that I was I, – I have that book somewhere. It's uh, – like I said, it's a uh, rather long read. But right. And a lot of the questions there were covered in the uh, the Best That Never Was documentary. You saw that, right? The 30 for 30 on Marcus Dupree? I haven't seen it. You need, to go, back and, you need to go back and watch that. Yeah. You would enjoy it. Uh, there's some good stories in there. Lucius Selman was the lead recruiter on Marcus Dupree back in the day. It was down. It was really coming down to OU in Texas, and they both. Uh, I can't remember who the uh, Tommy something. I think was the assistant coach for Texas, and they were both like next door to each other in some motel in Philadelphia, Mississippi. You know, <laughs> trying to get Marcus Dupree's signature. And uh, there's some good stories from back in the day. I remember that Oklahoma Turner Gill. You know Turner Gill. Turner Gill. Oklahoma thought they were going to get Turner Gill. It was down to Oklahoma and Nebraska. And Enos Seymour, the old OU baseball coach, was sent to go to, you know, watch Turner Gill, keep an eye on him. Nebraska hit him out and signed him. They couldn't find him. because he was Really? Gonna, yeah, he was going to play baseball at OU and a quarterback at OU, too. And that's remember, he played baseball for the Huskers, too. So wow. all kinds of stuff like that happened. Back the gamesmanship. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle has specifically requested that I read this text with a Boston accent. Parker, the coaches already have tips on who will be in the transfer portal in the future before it's announced. Is there a middleman? There's always a middleman. A portal middleman? Yeah. Just a... There's always a middleman. Always. Is there a director of portal recruiting, a DPR? Or is that like J.R. Sandlin, too? Is he... (laughs) The director of portal recruiting depends on the player. I guess that's true. It's, always, it's here's here's another way of putting it. it. This rings true in recruiting more so than anything else. But it, for the portal, uh, it holds just as true. There's always an uncle. Oh yeah. There's always yeah, an uncle. I bet. Um, on the topic of prestigious degrees, this comes from Austin from Austin and Savannah. 757. On the topic of prestigious degrees, my wife has gone to three schools, Liberty, Johns Hopkins, and OU. She says the best of the three was OU, then Liberty. She learned nothing at Johns Hopkins. She will be finishing her doctoral at OU. There you go. Like I said, hey, I'm proud of my my OU degree because I I think I maybe read like three pages in high school. I was doing stupid jock stuff and just being an idiot. So the fact that I, I got my degree, I will never downgrade any degree from OU. But a Notre Dame degree is pretty prestigious. Somebody asked in the text line if I can speak in different accents for every hour of the show. Uh, you're going to have to take that one up with management. Mm-hmm. I might wear out my welcome here if I try to do that. You could be on the, uh, on the cast of Tulsa King for season two with that accent you just threw out there. Not bad. Tulsa King's pretty good, by the way. I like it. I like it a lot. It's good stuff. All right, break time right here, 405-651-3439 of the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Good to have you along for the ride today, Steelman and Thune. Speaking of rides, we're sponsored by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Big-time deals at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Let's hear from Marvin Mims, and uh, let's hear from Ted Roof when we get back on the bowl matchup. 
right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Steelman and Thune, well afternoon into the 1 o'clock hour. We'll get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up here in about 40, 45 minutes. Hope your Tuesday's going along well. And again, thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. All right, bold game coming up Thursday, 4.30 kickoff. I can't remember a 4.30 kickoff in OU history. But 4.30 is a lot better than the Cowboys kicking off tonight at 9.15. 9.15? 9.15 tonight for the guaranteed Raid Bowl, OSU in Wisconsin, a 9.15 kick. Can you imagine if you're uh, – hey, Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. Is this is this 9.15 local time? This or is, is this nine fifteen? Arizona is the, okay. they don't change, okay. right? So yeah, Arizona's yes. Arizona's always an hour behind or two hours behind. Well, yeah, because they never change. I I get so Arizona's weird. Arizona Why does Arizona weird. do that? I don't know. Here's the thing: nine fifteen central. Either the rest of the country needs to get on board with Arizona, or Arizona needs to get on board with the rest of the country, because Arizona is the only state in the union where the time never changes. I they know. just don't observe daylight savings time. Or daylight saving time. I'm sorry. My high school teachers would all correct me if I just said daylight savings time and left it at that. But I don't know how you feel about daylight saving time. I've had this conversation with Teddy, bizarrely enough. I think when I had to fill in for Tyler on the rush, this is one of the first conversations mm-hmm. I ever had with Teddy was about daylight saving time. <laughs> what did Teddy think? Uh, I can't remember what Teddy thought. I'll have to bring this up again with him. I'll have to circle back around. But either Arizona needs to get with the program or the United States just needs to decide as a nation, look, we're not doing daylight saving time. Because, man, I tell you, I took a road trip a couple years back. And it was so bizarre because I stayed the night in St. George, Utah. Mm -hmm. And the way it worked was I had to go through Arizona to get to this hotel in Utah and then in the morning, I had to go back into Arizona. And so the times would change. So you were like Marty McFly. You were basically in a time machine. Yeah, I was like, a DeLorean, I was time were- zone hopping. And it was so difficult to try and figure out. And I can't remember where I was going, but there was somewhere I needed to go where like, I legitimately wasn't sure which time zone it was in. Because mm-hmm. there's a little, little chunk of Arizona that does observe daylight saving time. On the north side... Um, there's this little, little chunk of Arizona, uh, that isn't like the rest of the state in that regard. So I can't remember where I was going, but it was within that little chunk Hmm. or reasonably close to it. And I was trying to figure out, okay, do I need to be here at this time, like at this time, according to the mountain time zone, or do I need to be here at this time according to Arizona time? Somebody's going to answer that question on the air coverage. People are way smarter than me. This is Steph. This is why I rely on the Air Comfort Solutions text line is because there are many out there that are far smarter than you and I. Well, there there are many people out there, that, but they also have Google access right now. It's not like we can Google it now. Google has made everybody a genius, right? Or Wiki. Uh, Kenny from the 405 says, it's already passed. The USA won't be doing daylight saving time anymore starting in 2023. Oh, nice. Uh, somebody, Sam in Edmond also says, Parker, they're going to vote on it in Congress this spring. Plan is to stay on daylight saving time, which is our summertime. Hmm. Okay. So apparently, and this listener says Texas in 2023 is doing away with daylight saving. Okay. The movement has begun. 
The revolution is taking there place. There you go. No more time changes. Gunny of Sussman Army says, don't worry, I'll ask Teddy what he thinks about Daylight Savings Time at 3 today. <laughs> uh, another listener says, Daylight Saving Time goes into effect March 11th, 2023, and we stay on it and don't go back next fall. So March 11th will be the last That's time it. change of my a, lifetime? You want to get a screwed Daylight Savings Time party no going? No more spring forward, fall back? What kind of be- beverages should you have for the end of Daylight Savings Time? Like a tequila sunrise or something? Or <laughs> Oh, I, I will be... I will be imbibing a virgin version yeah. of whatever cocktail you decide is suitable for the occasion, Steely. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, let's hear from Marvin Mims uh, at the OU Presser talking about uh, the Sooners' approach to this bowl game. They're a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. You won't have your starting left tackle, your starting right tackle, your number one running back. You won't have Jalen Redmond. The, sh- the Sooners are playing, no doubt, a little bit shorthanded. So here's Marvin Mims talking about OU's approach to this matchup. Kind of like the same thing all year. I mean, you kind of just want to play, get out there on the field and have fun with your brothers. But um, at the same point, I mean, you're rolling with who you're rolling with. And then if you're a younger guy who's getting more younger, I mean, more opportunities, I mean, you got to go out there and put it on film. I mean, you got to go out there and play because, you know, as a younger guy, you know, a couple years ago, I mean, we have a bowl game, I get more reps. And in a couple weeks, I mean, you got new guys coming to take your spot. So those reps really do matter. And they actually show, and especially in practice and stuff like that. And if you're fortunate to get out there in the game, I mean, you got to make the most of it. You know, at the end of the day, just come out here, have fun with your brothers and play football. There you go, Marvin Mims, and you are still confident that Marvin Mims is coming back. You, you're virtually assuring people that Dylan Gabriel's coming back. We both feel that way. But yeah. on Marvin Mims, I'm at 60% now, and you are at what percentage-wise for Marvin Mims to come back? I would say 70. Okay. I would say 70% that Marvin Mims returns. And again, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he's smart enough that he understands how much his draft stock could improve if he returns for another year. He's also confident enough that he realizes if I come back, I'm going to be able to do it. Do NIL dollars play a a role in some of these guys not going to the portal? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, do you think that will come into play with Marvin Mims? That No, that's not going to come into play with somebody like Marvin Mims. Because, again, Marvin is a very smart dude. Like before we ever knew how good of a football player Marvin Mims was, that was one of the first things that was making the rounds around the OU community is, hey, there's this wide receiver on the football team, this incoming freshman, and he is really smart. Um, so I think he is intelligent enough to evaluate this situation for more than just the dollars and cents, which is what you, it's what you need to do when you're facing a decision like this that's going to impact the rest of your life. I'll say this much. There was NIL money on the table to prevent Jalen Redmond from making the jump to the NFL and to get him back for an additional year. Jalen Redmond ended up not taking it and decided to bet on himself. There will be NIL money on the table for Marvin Mims. I can promise you that. Because especially in light of the way that the DJ Hicks situation turned on its head at the end of September, I also figure that the folks with the fat wallets – at the University of Oklahoma slash around the University of Oklahoma aren't going to screw around with those types of things in the future. If you need X amount of money to get Marvin Mims back in an OU uniform in 2023, they're going to put together X amount of money. If you need Y amount of money to get David Stone to Norman and to ensure that that is 
done, signed, sealed, delivered, lock, stock, and barrel, there's going to be Y amount of money raised. There you go. All right, uh, one more soundbite of the bowl game. Again, the Sooners a nine-and-a-half-point underdog to Florida State. And uh, Ted Roof, let's hear what uh, Ted Roof has to say. Uh, I think he's pretty impressed with the Florida State offense. You know, they have improved so much this year, uh, so much from last last year to this year and also during the course of the year. Uh, you know, they're, they're top 20 in rushing offense. They lead the free world in third down conversion. Uh, you know, averaging almost 37 points a game. Uh, playmakers all over the place and a lot of uh, improvement in the offensive line. So, uh, yeah, they they look like and play like what we're used to playing when we play Florida State. Yeah, like you said, from all the years in the ACC with Coach Bowden and, and Jimbo. I was going to ask, Jordan Travis's improvement, I don't, I don't know how much you got to see of him before this season, um, but mm-hmm. – but, and I guess he's probably improved during the season, but how much of a challenge is he? Oh, he's a tremendous challenge. Uh, you know, he's a playmaker. Uh, he extends plays with his legs, uh, makes really good players miss in space, uh, is an accurate passer, uh, and also can, ex- like I said, extend plays, not only scrambling, but also extend plays to throw the ball down the field. And uh, uh, we've got a lot of respect for him, and, uh, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. There you go. I hope all the Florida State media enjoyed their exclusive access to the Oklahoma coaching staff and players. Yeah, yesterday. because none of the OU beat writers were there yet, pretty much, right? Yeah, all the Tallahasseans <laughs> yeah, had to do was hop in the car and drive two hours down to Orlando. Uh, what a nightmare that, like, I saw Eddie's tweets where yeah, he was stuck in the Atlanta airport, then he and, and Bob had to drive like 14 hours, you know, and it showed that bumper to bumper traffic. What a, what a nightmare. Now, I'm not going to be the first member of the OU media party to arrive in Orlando. Far from it. But I'm hoping that I will be the only member of the OU beat whose travel goes down without a hiccup yeah. when I fly this afternoon because everybody. <laughs> Yeah, everybody ran into issues along the way, man. No doubt. Um, all right. So, by the way, what is your schedule for the rest of the week? Uh, so, I'm. It's it's a little bit unclear because it's, it's naturally up in the air. Schedule is fluid. I'm hoping to be live with you from twelve to two tomorrow from my hotel room in mm-hmm. Orlando. Yeah. They as just of right that now, as a pick right now. Yeah. As of right now, there are no media activities scheduled tomorrow. But I don't know if there's going to be a joint press conference with the two head coaches that they just haven't announced yet. So everything is going to kind of be in limbo to a certain extent. But uh, my plan is to spend as much time on these airwaves with you as possible. So uh, as of right now, should be able to be on air 12 to 3 tomorrow for this show as well as Locked In. And then the day of the bowl, obviously probably not going to be able to make Locked In. May have to bolt from this show a little bit early because kickoff is what is it five thirty local time out there? Mm. So it'll be one to four would be my slot yeah. if I'm on Florida time. See time zones, Steely. They're too hard to keep up with. They are. Yeah. We need to just. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious how many texts we've gotten about the uh, about the existence and potential discontinuation. Of daylight saving time. By the way, guy from Geyer was that guy on the text line, and he said they aren't doing away with daylight saving time. We're going to stay on daylight saving time. Ah, They're doing away with standard time. All right. Uh, Well, actually, guy. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. uh, As we get to a break, uh, Parker should not fly to Orlando this 
trip screams white buffalo. The buffalo. Here's the thing. If I had somebody to make this trip with, mm-hmm. if I had another member of the beat that I was traveling with, I would have driven. But I'm traveling alone. Brandon Drum is already down in Orlando with his family. And so if I had somebody else to relieve me over the course of the but probably 20 hours on that drive between here and Orlando, then I would have made the trek in the White Buffalo. But as it is, I have no travel companion, therefore I am flying. Just uh, grab Gunny from Stutzman Army or something. He can uh, carry the equipment. You can get him a press pass, right? <laughs> it's not a problem like the guy who asked me if he could get press box passes for the season, you know, way back when. Yeah, sure, no no problem. They they just they have non-working media in the press box, sure, not an issue. All right, we're going to break right here. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley. We're going to go right back to the text line, getting ready for the Sooners in Florida State. 4.30 kick time from Orlando on Thursday. At least you're not an Oklahoma State fan out there. They are struggling tonight. 9.15 kick for that matchup. We'll be right back. Steelman and Thune rolling on here. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Our friends at Riverwind Casino. You know they're going to do New Year's Eve up big because they do everything big at Riverwind. By the way, our our niece, uh, Abby, came in for the holidays. Loves Riverwind Casino. Went out there two consecutive early evenings. Won $4,000. A little over $4,000. Sheesh. That is a nice little holiday amount right there, right? She was very happy. Did you get a nice gift out of the deal? Uh, Maybe. Eventually. We'll see. But she had a big smile on her face, that's for sure. So Riverwind always has uh, the best promotions right now. They've got a great promotion, the Showdown in the Desert promotion, where you play on specific electronic gaming machines. They will have the signage on the game machines you need to be playing to participate in this promotion. And if you're in the top five uh, point accumulators on your Riverwind wildcard during this promotion, the Showdown in the Desert, you will win one of five trips to the 2023 Super Bowl. We're talking about airfare, hotel. Uh, you know, transportation, cash also, uh, $1,000 that you'll take with you. It is going to be a big-time promotion. If you want to go to the Super Bowl, get out there, play with your wild card, participate in the Showdown in the Desert promotion. Also on New Year's Eve, they're only going to give away $165,000 in cash bonus play and prizes out at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why... Our friends over at Riverwind are simply the best. Okay, uh, what did you think of Baker's performance on uh, Christmas Day? Man, it was fun, How wasn't it? How about that? 24-28. Do you think that um, he might stay there and maybe back up Matthew no, Stafford? Or no. do you think he'll try and go somewhere else? No. that's. A, I mean, look, I think the Rams will make him an offer to stay on as the backup, yeah. but – I don't think Baker is going to willingly put himself in a situation where he knows he's not going to have a chance to start, right? Because yeah, unless you know maybe the Rams you, are committed to Matthew Stafford. Unless you know that maybe Matthew Stafford says, you know what, I'm going to play one more year next year, maybe something like that. I don't know, you know. But because it's Sean McVay 
is quite the offensive mind, and he's tailored an offense to Baker that, that looks pretty good. Look, there's still a lot left. Baker's got to do it more consistently than he has, but he's been good in two out of three games, there's no doubt. No doubt. And that was his best game of the year. Clearly, it wasn't his best moment of the year. That was the 98-yard drive, but that was no doubt his best game of the year. Easily. He looked good. That, that, that looked vintage. I'll say it. That looked vintage Baker. Mm-hmm. 24-28, a couple touchdown passes. You hang a 50-burger on the Broncos and get Nathaniel Hackett fired, which somehow 15 games was way too long for that I know. Guy. It's, it's like I don't feel sorry for that dude at all. It's like go back to Green Bay or whatever, but, man. I mean, first game out, it was horrible, right? I mean <laughs> – with the clock management, oh, they had man. to go for, what, that like 65-yard, 67-yard field goal to try and win? Was it win the game or tie the game? It was, it was a 64-yard 64. kick to try and win the game. Yeah. Yes. Golly. And Russell Wilson, what a – man. George Stoya thought, man, I'm going to be covering a contender this year. Nope. Alas. It's astonishing what's gone on with Russell Wilson. And you have to wonder how much of it is due to Nathaniel Hackett because – to his credit, Hackett had himself a decent little resume as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. It was just immediately clear very early on, I would say within three to four games, that that dude was not cut out to be a head coach. Do we? we it seems like we know for certain now that Russell Wilson is a D-bag. We had heard rumblings of D-baggery in <laughs> Seattle, and now I think we know. Once we heard the story about he, him doing the uh, – what, what was it, the knee – Knee highs or whatever. Is that what it was? No, those that's a soft that's an old soft drink. What was it that you know, in the plane when they were going over to England? Oh yeah, the high knees. High knees, yes. yes. I thought it was a knee high. I was thinking about a grape knee high with Radar O'Reilly on MASH back in the day. But I mean, can you imagine that? You're trying to sleep and you got him going down the aisle doing, you know, high knees. He doesn't appear to be very likable. Funniest, funniest tweet I saw all weekend was, how is Jesus still going to be on Russell Wilson's team after he performed like that on his birthday? <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad. There's just something about the guy. He always seemed a little too – you know the guy that seems a little like you can't be – there was just some phony there. Yes, you okay, know? yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? I'm, I'm looking for the right word, Perfect and I can't example. find it. Uh, met a guy at a convenience store at like 11.30 p.m. on a Thursday night in mm-hmm. Nebraska. Walks up to me as I'm filling up my gas tank. Literally captures me in like this 15, 20-minute conversation. And come to find out, uh, he's a pyramid scheme guy. Oh, so he was That's trying good. to recruit you for, like, Amway or something. Yes, exactly. I forget what exactly it was. This was probably three, four years ago now. But Russell Wilson's the type of dude that would walk up to you as you're filling up your gas tank mm-hmm. and try to talk you into joining a pyramid scheme. That's the vibes he's giving off at I this could point see in that. his career. Yeah, I could see that. No doubt. No doubt. So this guy was being all friendly and everything, and then midway through the conversation, you ding the – it, the pyramid appeared in your brain, right? And the word <laughs> scheme under it. Oh, Is man, that kind of how it went down? He followed me on social media after that. I did not follow him back. Yeah. How'd you like to make two grand extra a month, man? You can do it. What do you mean, no? 
It's no, it's not a pyramid scheme. All right. Uh, if you have to add the disclaimer that it's not a pyramid scheme, it's a pyramid scheme. That's how Bernie made off with everybody's money before he got, you know, in big trouble for it, right? So, anyway. The only reason you have to add the disclaimer that it's not a pyramid scheme is because it's a pyramid yes, scheme. Yes, it's, it's very much likely a pyramid scheme. I want to get what uh, what's the difference between a pyramid scheme and a Ponzi scheme? I wanted the Happy Days Fonzi scheme. That's what I wanted to be Okay, in. so I, somebody's going to give us a much more detailed explanation. Oh, yeah, the line. But a pyramid scheme is legal. A Ponzi scheme is illegal, right? Because what Bernie Madoff was doing He was, was Ponziing. Yes, he was Ponziing as opposed <laughs> to pyramiding. Because <laughs> he was taking people's money yes. and then just hoarding it all. And then whenever one of his investors asked for their payout, yeah. he would give them some of the money that he'd been hoarding. Right. Yeah, that's right. Which is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hadn't, so he like wasn't investing any of that money. He was just keeping it all for himself. So that's a Ponzi scheme. A pyramid scheme, I think, as best I understand it, is you're like trying to you're like trying to work your way up the pyramid, right? Right. right? right. And yeah. so you're trying yeah. to bring people along with you uh, and recruit additional members to start at the bottom of the pyramid as you continue to work Ponzi your way up. Ponzi scheme sounds more fun to me, though. Now, once you get thrown in a federal pen, it's not going to be very fun, but. <laughs> Up until that time, I bet Bernie Madoff was having a good time. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, ca- right? I can't imagine his life was anything but cushy. No doubt, no doubt about it. And then the Fonzie scheme is where you invite all your friends over to watch reruns of Happy Days on MeTV, and you you ask for their money when they come, too. <laughs> Somebody on the text line said, Lincoln Riley, definitely Ponzi scheme guy. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right. A Ponzi scheme is like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Okay, we're going to take a break right here, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it, the difference between a pyramid scheme and a Ponzi scheme and the Happy Days Fonzi scheme. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Oh, man, I forgot to tell you my story about somebody tried to get me in a scheme one time a famous former nfl quarterback really yes i have my guesses all right let's go back to the dallas cowboys which former dallas cowboy quarterback do you think try to get me into a multi-level marketing deal okay so this would have to be your era in all likelihood i was working in wichita falls texas as the sports director at the cbs affiliate there would have been Right around 90, probably, I think like 1991. Okay. So this is, at, Troy Aikman was 89 to 2000. So it he was just starting, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Troy anyway. And I couldn't stand um, this guy when he was the quarterback. And he opened up a, an office in Wichita Falls for this multi-level company marketing oh company. gosh i know exactly who you're talking about. i know exactly who you're talking about and the name is escaping me arizona state shoot dw uh yes 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 oh danny boy danny boy danny white is calling oh my God. danny white so danny he opens white. so i'm out there to interview him because to get some thoughts on the such a generic Cowboys. name and he's pushing the new skin in you 
skin card on me. Yes, 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 yes. And like, and he's like, uh, what are you doing after your sports catch? We could go out and eat somewhere and talk about this. And I'm like, Danny White just asked me out on a date to become a new skin guy. <laughs> a new and, skin. And have I you ever thought, used new skin? I have not. And so I declined the date with Danny White because I couldn't stand the SLB when he was a quarterback. And he... The last I saw of Danny White, I mean, I hope everything's going well for Danny White, but he was hawking uh, security systems on one of those infomercials, like one of those like 90 second infomercials. I think it was like it was some kind of brand of security system. Huh. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's my venture into potentially going into multi-level marketing with former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Danny White with new skin in you skin. You could probably go ahead yeah. and Google it up. Yeah. And you I've used it before. Have you? Yeah. Danny White was big in the company, I guess. Interesting. So anyway. That's weird. There you go. New Skin is a bizarre, bizarre product. Really? Yes. How Truly so? Bizarre. Well, because it's like a liquid bandage. So I think the one time I used it was for a paper cut or something like that. So basically it like... You, like, brush it on. See, I thought it was just, skin. like, lotion and stuff. So it's actually, that's what it does, too? Or is that, like, a newfangled new skin deal? Now, I don't know. I don't know if it evolved in the 25 years between mm -hmm. when Danny White was pitching. I punted on Danny White's pitch, by the way. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> But it's like a liquid bandage. So you, like, brush it on. You, like, brush this liquid onto your skin. And it dries there. And it's, like, transparent. Mm -hmm. And it effectively works the same as a bandage hmm it's weird though like i just i i would feel and i did feel much more comfortable with an actual bandage mm -hmm. on my hand than i did with this new skin stuff there you go because I don't know. danny white still in, I, I i don't think he's involved with that any because like i said the last time i saw him he was hawking uh security systems by the way, you want the uh, the latest scoop on the Southwest Airlines situation? Yes, let's get oh, it. Oh, this is a debacle. Well, we've got a few minutes I know left. this is not sports-related, and somebody on the text line is going to be like, talk some sports. Hey, we've got – you're getting locked in here in a few minutes. Don't worry about uh, it, all right? This comes from Twitter user Ben, whose handle is just another underscore Ben. He apparently works for an airline. I can't tell which airline he works for, but he is an airline crew member. Uh, he has a Twitter thread that reads, Learning that the Southwest Airlines meltdown is due to an antiquated crew scheduling system that assumes where a crew member is instead of working off live flight data. They've lost track of almost every crew member, and the only way to solve it is for each one to individually call scheduling to tell them where they are. Their phone lines are swamped, and I've seen screenshots of crew on hold for 23-plus hours trying to get through to scheduling. Holy because cow. scheduling can't keep track of where crew are, crew can't get a hotel room for themselves in order to start their FAA-mandated rest period. Lots of stories of crew members booking their one hotel rooms with the hopes it'll be reimbursed at some point. What is the football parallel here? Jimbo Fisher's offense. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Want to talk about antiquated? That's antiquated. How about Jimbo again talking about how we got to change all these stuff? You're not doing right, you know. I mean, geez, what a clown show that is. Do, 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 do. On the text line, OU, Florida State Connection. Burt Reynolds, an alum of FSU, played Heisman Trophy winner from OU, Nate Scarborough, in the longest yard. 
played uh yeah well that's right and that was in the last the updated longest yard he pay, played paul crew in the original longest yard but yes that's right he was the knight scarborough in the 70s longest yard was uh i remember i think he was wearing a giant's head Nate scarborough giants by the way and the original was better and really? the adam sandler one was all right you know you had boz and everything but um i, I like the original longest yard I, think I haven't I broke his neck. I'm going to have people after me on the text line. I haven't seen either Longest Yard movie, the older one or the new one. I think you need to see the uh, the original first. I'm just. Am I the only one that is just not that into Adam Sandler? I don't find him that funny. Maybe it's just me. I mean, um, I, I liked his uh, some of his characters on SNL, Opera Man and uh, Canteen Boy. Yeah, but his movies, Happy Gilmore, I still think is a classic, and I like Billy Madison. You just got to accept the fact that they're going to be really stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's what it is. But other than that, I mean, I don't find him, like, super hilarious. But you would enjoy, I think, the original Longest Yard. It's good stuff. And, uh, again, the one Boz is in the, uh, the remake. There is new skin and new skin liquid bandage. Yeah, my the Danny White new skin was in you skin, but I wasn't going to dinner to be courted by Danny White for multi-level marketing because I didn't like the Cowboys until Switz got there, and I definitely didn't like Danny White. I mean, I was pleasant, but I said no, sorry. Danny White used to punt too. Back in his day. Okay, we got to get out of here. Thank you, Seth Wadley, Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Thank you. The one and only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.